folks and welcome to Unseen, the podcast where we shine a light on some of the brilliant shows, projects and events happening at Queen's Hall Arts Centre, the creative heart of the community. Each episode will go behind the scenes and lift the curtain on the graft and the inspiration that it takes to turn amazing ideas into amazing projects. For those of you who have not listened before, my name's Bridie and I'm your host, Hello. Those of you who have listened to the podcast before will notice a couple of changes around here. Firstly, the lovely Kelly France isn't with us today. Uh, and obviously, we're really going to miss her, but hopefully, she will be popping up every once in a while for a chat. Secondly, as well as interviews, we will also be bringing you a few previews and reviews of some of the shows at Queen's Hall from the brilliant community of people who work here. Finally, I've got a bit of a cold going on, hence the rather husky voice, so apologies for that. Let's start with a review from Gail, who is part of the volunteer steward team at Queen's Hall, and she gave us her thoughts on the silent disco that was part of our 40th anniversary celebrations recently. It was so well received that there might just be plans to organise another one, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Gail says... I ushered the adult event and although I didn't participate and wasn't sure how well it would work, those who came along all joined in and were hugely enthusiastic. One person even saying that it was one of the best nights of her life, her husband adding, I'm not here to dance, just to keep her company, and then proceeded to energetically dance the night away. A group of women said, the good thing about this is you can meet up with your friends, have the music as loud as you like, and still chat by taking the headphones off. That just sounds so brilliant. Thank you, Gail. So we're going to move on to our interview now. And this is with the wonderful Carl Kennedy, who is a member of the Newcastle-based improv comedy troupe, The Suggestibles, who are bringing their Impro Panso show to Queen's Hall on Thursday, the 14th of December. Let's have a listen. Hiya, Carl Kennedy. Thank you so much for doing this. Not um, a problem at all. And we Great are. pleasure. Yeah, for me too. And would you mind just giving a little intro, who you are? And I what wouldn't you do? mind at all, Roddy. No. So um, <laughs> my name's Carl Kennedy. Uh, I share a name with anyone who used to watch Neighbours back in the eighties uh, and nineties. Um, I share a name with the Doctor, Doctor Carl Kennedy, off Neighbours. Thankfully, spelt a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am one of the core team, original members of um, the Suggestibles Improv Comedy Group, and we're based over here in Newcastle. And actually, we're sat here in the Cumberland Arms, uh, quite a well-known pub. I think a few of a few of the people who live in Hexham will know, or live round and about Hexham will know um, the Cumberland Arms, great boozer. And this is one of the places we play quite regularly. We play here every couple of months. Um, we also play regularly, play our normal shows. If I, I'm, I'm using um, inverted commas uh, for listeners. Um, it's beside the pink ball. Um, that's uh, playing here, playing the Stand Comedy Club. Um, yeah, and so we do um, what's called improv comedy. And for those people who don't know what that is, um, the easiest way to point you in the direction of improv comedy is anyone that ever watched the show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? That used to be on yeah. Channel 4 of, a, I think it was a Friday evening. Um, so basically, we have no script, no score. Um, we got a rough idea of the kind of thing that will happen uh, in terms of, we play lots of sort of games where, you know, people might change 
the, the style of theatre or film or TV that we're doing a scene in and someone can shout freeze and then we'll get given a new a new um, genre we call it um, and carry on the scene in that genre so you know you'll be doing a scene and two people will be you know washing up or whatever and then someone shouts freeze and then you get from the audience a suggestion and it might be uh, a western so then we carry on the scene of washing up but it's like we're in a western you know we're in the wild west and we're all spurs on our boots and gun toting and pretending to be cowboys and putting doing terrible accents and stuff like that it's great great fun uh so that's what we do um and we do that all the time and then at christmas mm. we do the same thing but we tell one story over the full show so a full two and a half hour show with an interval and we do an improvised pantomime um we very carefully do let people know that it's an over 18 show mm-hmm. uh, don't bring the young people unless you want them to pick up words that you don't want them to say perhaps or um come out with some themes in their next uh make-believe play where they, they really shouldn't be doing that uh because it's it's quite an adult show it's not you know it's not it's not awful but there can be because we improvise some you've just got to say the first thing that comes into your head sometimes and sometimes that can be a bit naughty mm. so um a bit blue as they used to say so yeah <laughs> don't bring the kids bring yourselves yes. great fun <laughs> you were, you're very clear about that. I think isn't the, isn't the tagline no script, no score, no kids. That's that's exactly how we sell it. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to make it all up, and because of that, and because we're a naughty bunch of um, comedians, I guess we're all quite daft and we're all quite silly. So yeah, anything can come out of our mouths, and often does. And often does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let, let's. It would be great to hear a little bit more about the kind of um, early days formation to now of. This incredible troupe. This troupe called The Suggestible. So, um, this January coming, so January 25, will be 20 years of The Suggestibles having formed. And I've been there pretty much from the get-go. There was there were a couple of bits and pieces right early on when... Um, so, uh, let me start, let me start. Where should I start from? <laughs> there are two key players, Ian McLaughlin and Bev Fox. And they're a couple... And they were living and working, they're from the North East, but they were living and working down in London during the uh, 80s and 90s. Um, and they were, they were big on the improv scene down in London, so they worked quite a lot with the comedy store players and the improv all-stars, and they were in so they, they, they were a big part of the scene and of, of starting a lot of what sort of ended up on the telly on Whose Line Is Anyway and stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, at some point in the early noughties, Bev broke her back. Oh my goodness. Um, she slipped down some stairs. They were living in a cellar flat from what I remember from their story. I wasn't there, but um, it wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> they, um, uh, she, she slipped uh, on some icy stairs, I believe, and um, landed on her spine and broke her back. And so uh, and was told that she'd never walk again. She can walk again. It's amazing. Um, but... Uh, as part of her recuperation, I think she and Ian both decided that moving back to the northeast um, would be a really good idea. So they did that, and I bumped into them not long after they'd moved back, and they were already like, "Oh, this improv stuff's great, and I think there's space for it in the northeast." You know, I think that there's no improv team in the northeast. I think we'd like to start one. Um, they'd worked with a few people they knew and sort of old contacts from when they used to live in the region, but they were on the lookout for, for sort of more of us. Um, and I came. I was. Yeah, it was a, a, a birthday party of a chap um, who we both knew. So Ian and Bev knew him, and I knew him, and it was his birthday party. And um, we ended, you know, it was a drunken night, and um, people crashing all over the living room um, kind of party. And then when we woke up, Ian and I made breakfast for everyone, for the whole, like, sort of everyone that was still around. Um, but we kind of did it as two characters. <laughs> <laughs> and we were doing it, we were like, 
doing it as a show for everyone else. We were making breakfast, but it was like a cookery show with these two crazy chefs that were just, you know, taking the piddle out of each other endlessly. Um, and I think at that point, Ian and I just went, I like working with you. <laughs> you're funny, you're daft. Uh, and, so, and so then they invited me to come along to what we call jams, which is a bit like, in improv, it's a bit like music, you know, when some musicians get together and go, right, we're going to jam around that idea. It's not a song that we're writing. It's not a song that we know, but this kind of chord progression or whatever it might be. And, um, and we, we sort of jam in the same way. So we just play, you know, okay, let's pretend that we're in, we're on a bus. Okay, let's pretend that we're on whatever it might be. And we just play. Um, and that's when the suggestible started. And we started um, without a sort of fixed home. And then we tried a couple of spots. I, I shan't name them because I don't think that's fair. Because um, it, it wasn't quite the right fit, mm. is the best way to put it, politically. Um, but we then, uh, 19 years ago, found out about this crazy pub that had just been taken over by this brilliant woman. Um, and that they had a venue upstairs that could hold 100 people, so maybe we should perform there. Um, so we did, we came here, and it's been our home ever since. And we've never been more supported than we have by Joe at the Cumberland. Supported so much, in fact, I liked it so much I bought the company. No, I liked it so much <laughs> that uh, I married her. <laughs> um, I just kind of went, oh, I like her, she's nice. Oh. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, we ended up getting together and we're married and have a child now. Um, but we still perform here regularly at the, at the Cumberland and three of the three of the original team members are still in the suggestibles. We've had a sort of change of change of the guard. Um, with people moving away, one of our good pals moved moved down um, to Asia. Um, he's in Hong Kong currently. Um, another pal of ours that was in the team moved to Australia. So that's kind of the reason why people are no longer in the suggestibles is because they move away. I think anyone who stays around and loves it stays in it you know there have been a few a few folks that that hasn't been true of um they just kind of fell out of love with performing or what have you but yeah um 20 years we've been playing these daft games and, and making audiences laugh and having fantastic sellout shows across the region and further afield you know we've performed at all sorts of different events and, and it's quite interesting doing those big corporate events where you've got loads of hoity-toity people in fancy clothes wanting <laughs> to be made laugh uh, and we go along to that too so yeah 20 years of doing this stuff that's amazing yeah that's such a good origin story i just <laughs> love that so much um i i'm really interested to know about like improv how on earth you managed to do it because i'm a person who's terrified of anything with the word without improv. planning yeah yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely and of course i haven't obviously i've seen you do your thing mm -hmm. loads of times and of course, there's a lot more to it than just rocking up and uh, see what happens. But, and I would be, and I'm sure our listeners would be really fascinated, kind of draw the curtain back a little bit. And yeah, have a little show the magic trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah, yeah. see, hear how the sausage is made. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think the first and most important rule of improv, if you're an improviser, the first and most important rule is listening. Um, you are being given um, gifts and clues and you're being endowed with with things so you know i'm a blank canvas i'm a blank piece of paper about to walk on stage but as i'm about to walk on stage one of my colleagues might say oh here comes one-legged dave you know and then i've got a and then i've suddenly got to lift my leg up behind me and hop on stage uh you know here comes one-legged dave with this Scot you know from glasgow and suddenly i've got to speak in a in a scottish accent so and if i hadn't listened closely to those clues that were being given to me they're gifts, you know, they're gifts. Here, play with this, Carl, play with this. If I hadn't listened closely to those, um, then the audience would see that, oh, well, that, that's not what was suggested. You've just come on and, and sort of 
crashed through what was given to you and throwing out your own rubbish that you wanted to do rather than accepting that gift and we, we call it accept and build we call it yes and so someone says oh isn't the spaceship a bit nippy isn't it cold in here and you say yes and that's probably because oh my god the airlock's open you know and, and and if you say yes and and yes and and yes and and you accept and build on an idea then together you barrel those ideas forward and you make you know you make every, you make the world real uh, and that can be not just for things that are said, but things that were done. So, you know, if someone comes on and, and, and mimes, you know, polishing a, a glass behind the bar and wiping the bar top and pouring a pint, um, that's a gift. You know you're in a bar. This Okay, so I know where we are. Now I need to work out who I am, who you are, and what we're doing together. And that's the whole scene, the who, the what, and the where. Once we know all those things, we can create a, we've created a world together and we can play within that world. Um, so that's a big part of it. A huge part of it is listening. And listening and saying yes, uh, not literally saying yes and, that'd be weird if every time someone said something, but yes and <laughs> let's go over it. here, <laughs> yes and let's walk over the mountain. Accept uh, and build. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we, we, we embody that kind of behaviour, that accept and build and that yes and. Now I say all that, what's also really important I think as a team that have been together a lot of years and are all really, you know, we're best friends, we, 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 we do all of our life events together, we, you know, our kids call each other aunt and uncle, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm gesticulating like mad. Like that's not going to come across on. It's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> it's not going to come across I'm, on a I'm, podcast. I'm really pleased that you mentioned it because I was about to mention it also. You're waving your arms around like a like a one of those ooh, <laughs> machines that. Anyway, uh, everyone's everyone's missing a lot. Everyone's from, missing a lot of yeah, my gesticulation. They, they really are. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Um, um, you were thinking, you're about to talk about the relationship. Oh, yes. And so, so yes and is, mm. is, is a super important rule. And it's something when we're teaching improv to people, we're teaching people how to improvise. That's definitely, you've got to, you've got to have that ground into you. That's got to be a part, you know, cut you in half and like a stick of rock that's written down the middle of you, yes and. But then, once you've got that and that's second nature to you and it just happens and you just kind of are constantly riding forward in that way, you can then break that. And that can be when it's funny, of course, is when there, there are rules and we set up those rules and then when we break those rules and we deliberately throw a no at someone, you know, that's, you can use that, that to great comedy effect. You know, yeah. we, it's deliberate blocking. That's, that, that's a term called blocking. So someone says, let's go over the mountain. That's not a mountain, it's a molehill. Oh, uh, uh, all right then. <laughs> all right then, let's go over the molehill. Uh, uh, so you've got yes and, and you've got no, but there are, there are shades in between there that can be problematic or useful, depending on how you do it. So you've got yes, but, which is almost as bad as a no. You know, let's walk over that mountain. Yes, but I haven't got my snowshoes. And, and if you keep knowing or yes, butting, then you'll never go over that mountain. The thing won't happen that you promised the audience. You know, we've made, a, we've made a thing about going over this mountain. And if we keep saying yes, but, or no, we're never going to go over that mountain. So things aren't going to, you know, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So if we, if we use enough yes ands, then we'll go over that mountain and we'll, and we'll have the next adventure over the other side of the mountain rather than being stuck at the foot of a mountain, yeah. not being able to go up there. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm really interested in, especially in, the, in, in any type of creativity, I'm really interested in failure. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm fascinated by people that embrace it. And yeah. I, I wonder if that's a thing that happens and then how you kind of recover from that in, in the space of improv. We fail all the time, I think, uh, as improvisers. And that's part of the fun. I think that's part of what makes it funny half the time is that the audience are kind of, if not literally, then figuratively on the, on the edge of their seats, kind of going, there's no way they can carry on doing that. Mm -hmm. There's no way they can do a scene set in a space station with Rudolph and, and you know, the, the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> like, like, that can't possibly work. <coughs> Excuse me. 
and, and so we try it and sometimes things do fail but it's funny when it fails you know it's funny when right do an accent what accent New Zealand ah <laughs> oh, gosh and yet someone desperately trying to find a way to do an all you know a New Zealand accent is hilarious uh, that happened to me once and uh, a famous improviser friend of ours Stella Duffy was in the audience and she's from New Zealand and uh, she shouted out the accent I should do was New Zealand. I was like, are you in the room, really? <laughs> but then it was a hilarious scene of a, uh, an improviser on stage desperately trying to do a New Zealand accent without, you know, coming across as uh, any kind of <laughs> racism or xenophobia or anything like that. Just, oh, good grief, this is a nightmare. <laughs> and it's hilarious because you're watching someone struggle, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a bit schadenfreude, isn't it? It's a bit yeah. of kind of, it's funny when someone else slips on a banana skin. It's funny when someone sets themselves up and can't do what they've said they're going to do. Yes. But that, you know, that's not the whole premise of, of everything, but that is one of the points that's funny, I think, is, is watching people fail and trying. And, and I think that's what you were talking about, you know, lift, lifting the curtain on the magic trick that is improv. And I think a big part of it is just bravery. Mm. You know, if you're brave enough, I, I, I'll say it again, if you're brave enough to the yes and kind of ideas, you'll just give it a go and you'll try. And that's what, you know, people respect you for... Having, having more about you than they might do. Like, I couldn't possibly get up and do what you do. It's like, well, it's just because you haven't spent time with a team, getting to know each other really well, knowing, you know, almost what's coming. We finish each other's sentences all the time, all that sort of stuff, because yeah. we work together so much, and that makes it not scary. Yeah. Because I know, you know, if... Like, I'm scared, senseless, by stand-up comedy. The idea of being on my own on stage and trying to make a room full of people laugh and having no safety net... Mm of anyone else to turn to when you can't think of something to say or you can't, whatever. Um, that scares it all out of me. Um, and I know a lot of stand-ups feel the same about improv and it's just like what you're used to. For me, I, it's, if, I, if I mess up on stage whilst I'm improvising, I can fall backwards and I'll be caught by my team members. You yeah. know, we're all there for each other. We're all kind of going... Now's the time for me to get on stage and throw something else into the mix. Now's the time, you know, that scene's run its course, let's end that scene. Let's say, meanwhile, somewhere else, you know, meanwhile in the Batcave or whatever it might be, um, I, I, someone's got my back and if I'm struggling on stage, they'll know that and they'll, and they'll, they'll help us out. I have to say, I, I really wasn't expecting, I was expecting to laugh a lot in this conversation, but I wasn't expecting to be moved. You do just stroke your chin thing. <laughs> that, is really, that is really beautiful. It's a, it's, a big like, part of, it's a big part of the feeling safe enough to yeah. be able to do it. The, the feeling safe enough to be daft. Yeah. You know, feeling so, safe enough to, to be a daft character. You know, uh, the, the last suggestible show that we did a couple of weeks ago at the Stan Comedy Club... Um, was, oh, I haven't told you this. I haven't told your listeners this. That improvising music is a big thing, a big part of what we do. Yeah. Um, in our regular suggestible show um, that I've mentioned, we always end the show with a 20-minute, half-hour improvised musical. So we'll get a, a theme from the audience. Aspects of. Aspects of, that's yeah. what we do, yeah. Because we, we always laugh that, you know, Android Webber, um, for better or worse, uh, has written a couple of musicals. Um, and one of them is Aspects of Love. It's, it's not great. Uh, it's not it's our favourite. It's a very strange It's piece. a very odd... Yeah. But it's a fantastic title. If you're going to improvise... Right, improvise aspects of love. Okay, I can improvise. You know, paternal love, maternal love, love between siblings, romantic love. I could, the love of friends. You know, um, all all of these things. You can you can explore what love is in all its different facets. So we ask for aspects of something else. Now we often tell our audience, you know, love's a huge theme. We're after a huge theme that we can explore, and you'll get aspects of Greg's or aspects <laughs> of cheese. Or aspects, aspect. But then we get aspects of um, retirement or aspects of you know, aspects of 
adolescence or aspects of time travel or aspects of the poor or whatever it might be. <coughs> so uh, the last show that we did at the Stan Comedy Club, um, I think it was Aspects of Paupers. Wow. So we, you know, we had a whole, you know, upstairs, downstairs, the, the, the you know, the, the prince in the castle and the, you know, the poor, the poor folk wandering around, <laughs> having nothing. But anyway, I ended up playing like a kind of village idiot character that all he could do was run. Have you seen me run? I can run really fast. Have you watched me really fast? And so, so then I set myself, and this is the thing about your kind of yes ending, you yes and yourself, and you go, what have I done to myself? Now I've got to run around the room the whole, the rest of the show, whilst trying to sing. <laughs> So I'm running around the whole of the outside of the, you know, 150 in the audience, whatever it is, running around the outside of them, round and round and round, um, just being this, and you watch me, see how fast I can run? <laughs> and you go, well, that, no, one would have, no one would have agreed to have done that if you'd said to them at the start of the night, right, and at the end of the night, you're going to do this. No one would have said yes to that in the dressing room, but on the stage, in the moment, you just kind of go, this is, this is ridiculous and brilliant, and I'm loving this, let's play. So, yeah. Oh, glorious. Yeah, lots of daftness. Yeah, lots of and daft. lots of daft characters, lots and lots of daft characters. Like so, for for the uh, we should talk about the improvised pantomime. Mm. We call it the panzo. Panzo, uh, because it's panzo. always funnier if that it's always funny if there, it's, it's always funny if there are if there are pants and knickers involved. Yeah, of course, um, <laughs> of course. golden <laughs> rule, golden yeah. rule of comedy. Um, so we we basically improvise uh, an entire pantomime. With the goodies and the baddies and the they're behind you and the you know there the, there could be a dame although in this day and age we're very aware of you know the the, the fact that we don't want to be seen as again ripping too much into anyone uh, never punch down in comedy always mm-hmm. punch up you know you mm-hmm. can you can laugh at people that are better off than you <laughs> but you can't laugh at people that are worse off than you that's called bullying that's not called comedy so we, we you know we try not to punch down and and and, and have kind of terrible. Uh, transphobic humour or anything like that we kind of avoid that sort of stuff um, but while still representing the in panto there is often a dame mm. and that's a character that's important and it comes from old traditions you know pantomime is, is an ancient ancient <laughs> it's not ancient it's an old um, sort of middle ages Italian form it comes from Commedia dell'arte it's the pantomime um, and you get a lot of characters, a lot of famous characters come from that tradition, and that's what pantomime is. It's the kind of, it's become this big Christmas blowout extravaganza, gathering together in warm spaces to laugh together in the deepest winter, um, and so that's what we do. And we we improvise, and it could, it can be, you know, are we going to do like a Hansel and Gretel style story with a with a you know a, a couple of characters that have a task to go on, and are we going to have you know, a, a witch or a wizard, or, or you know, is there, what is it going to be a hero or an anti-hero? Is it going to be a Cinderella story, or is it going to be a Sleeping Beauty story? Is it going to be a you know? Th- there's all the different pantomimes that you can look at and go right. So our, this year we think on this stage we're going to do this kind of a show, and that's all we walk in knowing. It's like we're going to tell a kind of story where there'll be a love interest and a principal girl and a principal boy and a, and a ball and a you know an evil step parent or whatever. We know that that's roughly what's going to happen. And those are the only things we come on. So we don't know who's going to play those roles. We don't know, you know, who's going to be the goody or the baddie or whatever. Like that all comes out from suggestions from the audience and things that we say and do together on stage with the audience. Um, yeah, and we have like rails and rails of costumes um, for all eventualities. Like lots of bright, garish characters like fairy wings and hard hats and feather boas and, <coughs> excuse me, gold cloaks and. 
um, black cloaks and you know lots of black and red evil stuff and, and they're just all there for anyone to grab so if, if someone endows you as a character oh here he comes the evil sorcerer with his hunchback and his this that and the other <laughs> you're throwing th- your, your colleagues are throwing costumes out you go wear that wear that you're throwing stuff on and you put a wig on and you, and you walk on stage and start going ah but it's all done in view of the audience they can see us doing that sort of in not in the wings but just just on the stage or just at the back of wherever it might be um, and and it all comes out of these costume it's, it's like costume play up uh, playing uh, dress up sorry costume dress up like you did when you were a kid you know you open the wicker basket and what's in here oh it's a hard hat I'm a builder you know and we kind of play like that um, and it's such great fun we have such laughs which is ridiculous because we're in it and I feel sometimes <laughs> I feel like I've laughed as much as the audience have like I should pay my <laughs> ticket price but I was in it um, it was like you know I, I just watched my colleagues being hilarious and uh, sometimes I'm at, the, I'm at the side laughing my back off needing to get on stage to, <laughs> to carry on with the story and I'm like, walking on stage still smirking <laughs> and, and again it's that kind of not being afraid to fail I think the audience loves seeing that they love seeing us as a team kind of light we call it lighting each other up mm-hmm. you know someone will make you an offer and you'll yes and you'll go this is brilliant this is brilliant like we can only get there by skiing. This is ridiculous. Now we've got a whole scene where we're all skiing, but we're just in trainers on a stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how, how are we going to do that? Don't know, but let's play. Yeah, like a constant break, <laughs> breaking of the fourth wall. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, constant. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which, which Panto is great for. Yeah. Because, you know, there's always the breaking panto. You've got the Buttons character that's kind of, you know, introduces everything and everyone and sets the scene and all that. That, that character is very important to us. And, you know, and we have... Right then, folks, can we have an idea of a reason why this Christmas village is up against it this year? You know, what's wrong at the Christmas village? Everyone, someone's stolen all the wrapping paper. Someone's stolen all the wrapping paper. And then by the end of it, we've got to work out how to get new wrapping paper to, to the whole town. And, and, you know, the baddie who stole all the wrapping paper has a change of heart. And all the things that you'd expect in a panto, we usually <laughs> get into our panto, <laughs> crowbar them in. It's great, it's great, great, great fun. We, we have, as I say, we have such a laugh. And such a nice time together. Um, and it really makes our Christmas. Yeah. You know, we, we do a big one, um, well, we do two back to back. Because what normally happens is there'll be a Christmas show on at a theatre. Um, but we, we basically turn up on the night they haven't got the show and play on their set. So if, for example, they were doing Cinderella, um, they'd have a set for Cinderella, you know, with the castle and the stairs maybe, and the, or whatever else, the pumpkin car, or whatever it might be. And we would play, we would make a pantomime on that set. So we would kind of walk in that day and go, oh, okay, we're playing with this. <laughs> but we're not allowed to move that because we'll break it. Okay. But <laughs> you know, and we, just, we just play on the, on the stage that we're given. Um, and we bring lots with us in case there isn't anything on that stage. Like if they haven't got a Christmas show on, we then decorate the stage and make it Christmassy and whatnot uh, and have a lovely blank canvas. But that can be, that's the kind of first, the first suggestion for the Suggestibles Panto can be the set that we walk in on and play on. Um, so yeah, uh, we, we're doing it. This year, we're doing four Impro Pantos. We're doing two at Northern Stage on their set of Cinderella, mm-hmm. which is why I mentioned Cinderella. Um, and we do those back-to-back, one on a Thursday, one on a Friday, and that's the week just before Christmas. Um, and then we're playing Queen's Hall Hexham on December the 14th. Mm-hmm. Show's at 7.30, tickets still available. Wow. Uh, <laughs> They're on fire. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> a promo yourself. Um, yeah, and we'll rock up and, and make an entirely new show that no one will ever see again. Uh, no one would have ever heard it. No one, the, the songs will be original and new. Um, 
we make them up on the night. We've got a fantastic improvising musician, Alex Ross, who, who plays with us. Um, and he's got his keyboard and a couple of other instruments and kind of a sound pad with a load of sound effects and all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, like thunder and the whistling wind and all those kinds of things. Um, so we just got lots to play with and lots of kind of toys at our disposal, including each other and costumes and the set that we've got and the music that we make and all that sort of stuff, which is just brilliant, brilliant fun. And the audience. And the audience. Yeah. They're, they're the, they're the uh, what we either call, the, depending on how many of us are playing any given gig, the sixth or seventh or, um, suggestible is the audience, for sure. Yeah. And that's why we're called the suggestibles. Yeah. We need suggestions. Yeah. You know, and we often joke that, and if it's rubbish, it's your fault because yeah. the ideas came from you. <laughs> but we've never been told it's rubbish yet. Um, a couple of people have said it's not quite our thing, but well done. <laughs> we go, oh, brilliant, faint praise indeed. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> so uh, my basic rule is if you didn't enjoy it, um, <laughs> get me a drink and leave me alone. <laughs> I'm really interested to know what you kind of hope the audience will be saying, feeling, telling their friends the next day after seeing this show. Or indeed so, posting on social media if they wanted to do yeah, that. Yeah, should, should they want <laughs> should to, they share, wish to do share, that? share, share, yeah. Um, so, firstly, a great Christmas night out. Like, I feel festive as all hell now. That was brilliant. Bring on Christmas. Give me tinsel. Where's the mistletoe? Let's go. Um, mince pie in each cheek. Do you know? <laughs> kind of, I'm so festive now. Yeah. Uh, we de- I definitely have heard people say before, it's Christmas now I've seen that show. You know, now that's like, and a lot of people treat um, the Impropanso, I think, as their Christmas night out. You get quite a lot of gangs of people coming from work or, you know, sets of pals or whatever. They're like, this is our, and the reindeer antlers and, and Christmas jumpers are, are all over the shop. It's brilliant. Um, so, that I hope people leave feeling really festive. Um, also, I hope, like we often hear, God, my cheeks are hurting from laughing. Yeah, it's, and it's just, it's brilliant, brilliant fun. And I hope folks can make it mm. and enjoy their, a great Christmas night out. Hi again, folks. Hope you enjoyed that fantastic chat with Carl. I certainly had an absolute whale of a time chatting to him, as you could probably tell. So the Suggestibles are not the only show happening at Queen's Hall over Christmas. And here to tell you a bit more about her top picks for the festive season is artistic director Katie Taylor. Hi Bridie, it's Katie Taylor here. As you know, I'm the artistic director of the Queen's Hall And what am I looking forward to Christmas? Well, the whole Christmas programme. Obviously Snow White and Hey Doodle Diddle from Christmas Zoo. But I'm particularly looking forward to the Core House Band, which is a daytime concert that's accessible to everyone and allows all of us, whether we're two or whether we're 92, to join in and sing along to some live music Christmas classics. Happy Christmas, everyone. Well, that's all for now, folks. I'll be back in a few months with another episode. And in the meantime, you can check out and buy tickets for all shows on our website, www.queenshall.co.uk. Take care and see you again soon. Bye for now. Mm